downtown Farmington Hills. It's Settle on the Screen Live. Do live. Did I tell Sir Josh Halsander, Michael Soroka, and England do? We have the former Donkey Kong World Champion, Tim Scurvy. We have the latest video game world records from TwinGalaxies.com. Half Sandwich. Joining on the chat. Awesome. You are watching Settle It On The Screen Live. And you're watching Settle It On The Screen Live as well. Very live tonight, Mike. Too live. Yep, yeah, we uh, we did that ultra live today. Mm -hmm. Ran out of time. Sounded good. Thanks, you appreciate it. Good, I could man. just do this the whole show. That was like your... Ladies uh, and gentlemen. You you did that whole thing right before the show started without even having a F it, we'll do it live Bill O'Reilly meltdown. No, I just read what was on the screen and, you know, like I said, I'm the perfect <laughs> Alan Coulter. You are. That's what I, I want to be. You are. You're, you're so good See, at it. See, and you're doing a great job by progressing to being Letterman. <laughs> and I can move myself away, and you can start yelling at me, and I can yell at you and quit. Exactly. Yes, that's what's going to happen. Okay, you know what? Let's skip the show tonight. Let's just talk about how great we are. <laughs> We've already done that multiple episodes. <laughs> and Glenn, too. Yes. Glenn, thanks. Yeah. yeah sure. And we can talk about how great the Sega Genesis is that's in the true process. Too. That's that sh That should be its own show in and of itself. But it's not this show. This is Settled on the Screen Live. That's what you're watching. We're here to entertain and inform you about the world of video gaming. Here at the official hub of the subculture, Settled on the Screen Live. Yep. So, what's up? Another, hey, you know, it is, it's been a week since I've been on the show. I missed you guys like crazy. Um, especially you, Glenesis. Yeah, I missed you too, buddy. Um, but we had an awesome show lined up tonight. Yeah, we got you know. A, hey, we're 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 branching out a little bit. Tonight's guest is actually a little bit controversial. Yeah, you know, I mean, um, good guy, very we, good we guy. We have an Inglendo on the show. We, every yeah, episode, yeah, so yeah. It's we're very controversial. We have an Inglendo here. <laughs> <laughs> no, and Tim Zerby's coming on later. <laughs> Those of you who know who Tim Zerby is, know why he is a big name in the subculture of competitive gaming. Those of you who don't, but maybe have seen King of Kong, mm -hmm. have paid attention to some of the bigger, high-profile world records out there, you may be surprised by what our next guest has to say. He's calling in at 10.22 p.m. Eastern PM. Standard Time for you folks at home. Yes, we're not gonna, keeping track. We're not doing a marathon here through the morning. <laughs> Seven uh, seven twenty two p.m. out there in California. Yes, yeah. That's... Thank you, Nick. Thanks yes. for the control. Yeah, from comments. the control room, he is reminding us that there are different time zones in the world. And for those of you out in California, not just in California, do you ever notice that it gets lumped in? Like if you're in Pacific yeah, we're time, at Portland. Yeah, I mean you, you know, there's yeah, there's a whole bunch of people living in Portland, mm -hmm. you know, in Washington State, and in, in Oregon, and there's a whole bunch of people out there, and I bet they get tired of that all the time. You're like, but out in California, it's only seven. Like Las Vegas. And they're like, what am I? Las chop Vegas liver? is the same. Like I'm just too. here with a million other people in Portland mm -hmm. who you just forgot about. Oops. Or Seattle. I mean, yeah. Or Seattle. A lot of people there, too. Uh, you know, we also have viewers uh, overseas, too. That, too, as well. You know, and yeah, and there's a bunch of people in Seattle wearing their flannel shirts. 
Like look at all okay, Mopey and they're the like, what happened? Still. Nothing's changed. <laughs> is it? They don't still wear flannel in Seattle. No, okay, I mean, it is still cold, but... If they, if they stop wearing flannel in Seattle, I, then I stand corrected. I apologize, okay, but right. I don't... I, that's, I thought they did. I mean, I is figured, it still raining out there? I figured, well, it's always raining I figured it was there. just a fad for us that flannel... <laughs> everybody wore flannel before the grunge era, mm-hmm. during the grunge era, and that they're still wearing it today, is what I pictured in Seattle. But I've never been there, so I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, that's the first time I ever thought that. I didn't actually think that before. Do, do we show. have any world record holders from Seattle? Oh yeah, world. Yeah. I hope there's no California. <laughs> well, that's we we do, but not tonight. Not Sorry. Tonight. Are, are, let's do some world records. Let's mm-hmm. talk about that, shall we? Yeah, world records. And world, world records and what? Yeah, it's coming. Oh, they do got these any? world records playing video games. Yes. God, I, I need to get in the studio <laughs> to record our There'll intro. Be a, a jingle doing that is coming soon. You can imagine it already. Yeah, come come into a digital screen near you very, very soon. You guys ready? We're ready. We're ready. Let's do this. Sean McCaud from Charlotte, North Carolina. PlayStation 4 Track Mania Turbo on the White Series, the 19th one. Fastest time, 21.49 seconds for Sean. Nice job, Sean. And uh, I can't wait for us to have our Settle It on the Screen Track Mania Tournament, I don't. It's just everybody in a room, and we're gonna settle it on the screen and give away some prizes. Probably a couple copies of Trackmania Turbo, so people would be pissed off. It's like I already own it. But it's it's important. It's important. But they can give it to a friend. They can give it to a friend. Nice job, Sean. I'm excited for that coming up in a couple weeks. This record goes to Glenn. No, not that Glenn. Glenn Sampson from Newfoundland, Newfoundland, Canada. He's got a new world record from the Atari 2600 VCS Space Cavern. Game one, difficulty B, he threw down 1,029,035 points. Nice work, Glenn. Proud of you on that one. You want to take this one, other Glenn? <laughs> There's a huge glare right over the T monitor where the name is. Want me, want me to grab this one? We'll grab it. We'll grab it. It's Robin Swanson from Dallas, Texas. She got a new world record on the PlayStation 4, Just Dance 2016. All about that bass. Megan Trainer. There we go. 7 238. Good work, Robin. And nice job on the uh, Twin Galaxies trading card, too. Gotta love it when uh, you get a, a, a trading makes card. Your card yeah. Yes. Congrats oh, on that. Really well. mm-hmm. All right, I got this one. We got Jacob Spring from Denmark, iOS Tetris Marathon Mode, points, 664,145. Congratulations, Jacob. Do you guys think that there's a max out on that, like the 999,000? I better goes past a million. You think so? think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, actually, I'm pretty sure, actually. Um, I was talking to our, per- our producer today, and he noticed... I believe he can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, that he has the, uh, Jacob has a higher score saved on his phone, but when he was recording, that's ah. that's the only score uh. he had. So now is that legit? That million plus score saved on his phone? I don't know if he hacked it and kind of just put it on display there. Yeah, well, the I believe it's actually always record your gameplay. That's right. Always record, even when you're on the subway and you're going to work, and yep. you you get the perfect. 
Angry Birds score. I don't yeah, know. I believe if you look closely on his phone, it actually says his high score. I believe it's over a million. That, but he didn't record that one. He even says it at the end of his video. Mm, I see. There you go. But yeah. hey, that you know that is part of it though. Mm -hmm. Here at Twin Galaxies, uh, you know our your scores do need to be recorded. So a lot of the world records out there potentially have been beaten by somebody. Mm -hmm. And but you know, prove your worth. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you know if. Uh, if you uh, break the, um, you know, the longest shot put uh, throw tomorrow afternoon while you're hanging out with your buddies and you're feeling extra strong and you throw the farthest shot put ever and you and two other dudes saw it, you don't have the world record for longest shot put throw. No, only those two people. They can prove your worth. Mm -hmm. Well, I like to say if you're, yeah. if you're playing shot put by yourself. Right. Well, if, no one else, if nobody else seen it. But that's kind of the point of Twin Galaxy. It, it is, certainly. easy and free to submit a record, so no matter what score, even if it's the inaugural one, we'll get the ball rolling. Mm -hmm. so. You're essentially just going, oh. Oh, man. Uh -oh. Oh. Something just came across just, our desk. Something came across the desk. Um, I'll bring this up because I, I, I came across my desk, Josh, even though oh, I'm not okay. sitting at the desk. Right, it's, a, it's a digital desk. For those of you today who are on the Twin Galaxies websites, like myself and our producers here on the show, we were frustrated because the Twin Galaxies website was down for at least three hours or so. They said three or four. But what is the new feature? Why was Twin Galaxies down? Well, for those of you, you have to adjudicate to get submission points to keep uh, submitting scores. You can't just keep submitting scores. You got to do some of the labor, some of the labor of the love, check everybody else's score. Well, now the new feature is um, you can sort. It's not just a big old list of 200, 300 scores. You can sort by platform, by the game, or you can sort by the specific player. So if you only like watching Mark Cohen played pinball, you can just search for Mark Cohen's username and just search for him. Or if you want to, more importantly, want to watch the uh, Fantasy 15 fishing, which we all love so much, look at that. See, there's Brandon right there. PlayStation 4 Fantasy. I want to watch those. I don't have to search through 200 scores. So the ease of adjudicating has been updated today so that's a great feature i love it i can just watch for intellivision and sega genesis scores and throw away the rest of them so it was worth <laughs> Twin galaxies being too. down for six hours glenn today. can do that too right just throw out everything but the genesis scores mm -hmm. yep you can yeah. sort sort and filter any way you want and or if i want to watch uh, a fellow wisconsin homeboy by the name of john brissy do his daily records <laughs> it's easy to find them now right on Right on. And hey, you know what? Technical difficulties do occur, but this one was well worth it. Well worth it. Yeah. Well worth it. Um, you know, so hey, you gotta you gotta do things to uh, improve the site, and they're doing that every day at Twin Galaxies. Um, you know, there's <laughs> Twin Galaxies. The website focuses so much on what arcade gamers do, but arcade gamers talk too, don't they? They talk too much sometimes, yeah, but they, they do, do have some insightful things to say. So. Yeah, and sometimes, yeah, th there are things that were have been said by arcade gamers. Gamers. 
And it's just really cool for the people who are part of it. That's awesome to say I'm in the video game hall of fame. Whatever, no big deal. That's that's awesome. So that's cool. I think I think it should be happening. I would go hang out there all the time. <laughs> it can, it's a good location too to film. So. That was an arcade gamer, and he was talking. <laughs> It certainly was. It certainly was. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, that was not Keith Apicary. No, correct? it's Nathan Barnett. He looked a lot like Keith Apicary. Nathan, but... Nathan Barnett is a arcade collector. Right. And he's, he, he does commercials and stuff. He, he looks a lot like Keith Apicary. Right, but, but different uh, dude. No, and different dude. I mean, they could be brothers if you put them mm. next to each other at that Right, point. although I've never seen them in rooms together. Mm-mm. I've definitely never seen Keith Apicary and Nathan Barnett in a room together. But whatever. I mean, next thing you know, People are going to say, like, Clark Kent and Superman are the same guy. Well, yeah, well. Nathan Barnett has glasses. Or, I mean, Keith Apicary has glasses. Nathan Barnett doesn't. You nailed it, Glenn. You yes, nailed it. that's true. What are you drinking tonight, Glenn? Um, a barley soda. <laughs> barley? I don't know. Okay. Yeah, you're right. We probably shouldn't. You know. Serious. <laughs> <laughs> So what are we gonna? We're gonna do, got we got Tim Zerby coming on soon. Mm-hmm. Yep. And as some of you listening may know, but some of you may not, um, Tim Zerby is the forgotten person in mm-hmm. the King of Kong documentary. And mm-hmm. King of Kong, I think it's safe to say, most famous video game movie ever, pretty much. Oh, until this fall. When, okay, uh, I know. Yeah, yes, you know. yes, very true. <laughs> In the NHL '94, yeah, movie. the most famous Pixelated video- Heroes coming out this fall, September 30th is the tournament and maybe a premiere. <laughs> Thanks for watching. Good night, everybody. Most most well recognized video game movie for now. Yes, I'll just back up. The reason why Mikey's making the movie is it's he's inspired by the King of Kong. Inspired so by if it wasn't Kong? for the King of Kong. There would not be the King of 90 pixelated heroes. And truth is, King of Kong the movie, like it, hate it, um, anger, You enjoyed it, it regardless. It. The truth is, the vast majority of us, and I include myself in this, mm-hmm. the vast majority of us who are interested in this particular subculture are here because we saw King of Kong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you saw King of Kong. Of course there's you originals out there, and... Awesome, you know, mm-hmm. more power to you people that were there before the movie came out, submitting scores. There's tons of you, but a lot of people, either directly or indirectly, were brought to Twin Galaxies by the movie The King of Kong. But we're going we're gonna to say some stuff that's going to not be, well, I don't know that we're going to say anything that is anti-King of Kong tonight, but... There's, you know, I hope we talk about dragons later. We're, we're gonna we're gonna question some of what you may think you know in that movie. That's okay, well, and we will is, mention Dragon's uh, Lair as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the comparison I usually make. Uh, Chasing Ghosts is a documentary. King of Kong is a movie. I yeah. I like that a lot, Glenn. I do because King you know, of bo- Kong fabricated and left out a lot of stuff just to make it more entertaining. Whereas Chasing Ghosts didn't really care and just stuck with all those original gamers. Mm. It was more geared around the culture. And it was more of a documentary. There wasn't any storylines put in there just for the sake of drama. To have a good guy and bad guy. I think a lot of people... You're right, Glenn. 
No, I mean, if if you're if you're searching for for legitimate facts, chasing ghosts is a much better place to find some of them than King of Kong. But King of Kong is extremely entertaining movie. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, mm-hmm. it really is, and it brings people in. So, if you just happen to stumble upon this show for the first time, you have no idea what we're talking about, and you just hit us up on the World Wide Web tonight. Um, you know, go see King of Kong first, then see Chasing Ghosts, and uh, then keep watching this show. Is that, uh, do you agree with that statement, Glenn? Sorry. Have we lost Glenn? No, I'm here. I'm still okay. here, buddy. All right, well, we'll just, we'll just imagine that you agreed with this statement, and uh, we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah, I agree with. I heard you and everything. Oh, okay, cool. Sorry, I have a cold, so I just kind of muted my mic and my video. So Unacceptable, uh, Glenn. Yeah, we're Glenn. This is a this we're we're professionals here. <laughs> Sucking the ghosts. We're the Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I gotta wear my big boy pants. <laughs> we're the rule. Me and Glenn or Glenn's the rule buster. We gotta shape up the database. Yeah. Yes, we don't have that segment tonight for you. No, it would cost we're us waiting, like we're waiting here on uh, points if we did it every Tim. night. Just a few. We're, we're reviewing the trailer a little bit of King of Kong. Video games ruled. You know what? <laughs> oh, there's Ben Gold. He has a lot well, of things to say. Todd Rogers. Well, yeah, we gotta get Todd Rogers on the show. We absolutely do need to get Todd Rogers on the we'll show. Talk about his Hawaiian shirts, and that's about it. <laughs> that, that's it. Just, just to have Todd Rogers on the show, just to discuss. Uh, I don't his... want to talk about video games. No, <laughs> he's just too cool of a guy. We don't need to talk about video games. We can talk about spiders. That's yeah. true. Spiders too. Yes. <laughs> no, I think it's a, it's a good thing, dude. We can just talk him about clothing. I mean, I, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's about time he, he needs his own clothing apparel line. Yeah, I can't believe he like. See, back this in the is day, Billy and Steve, but Tim was actually the best at the time, which yeah. we'll find out about. Yeah, during during that time period, he was the world record holder, but the editors of the movie admitted that fact. They didn't lie. Yeah. Oh, they just said admitted. Yeah. So. No, I mean, I don't this, know how to speak either. <laughs> that's that's okay, man. We're not. Know. You know, you know how to play video games. That's more important than barely. Speaking. Did you watch last night? I did not watch last night. Dude, Josh, you have to play this game. Really? Yes. Okay, see, I missed last night's show. I was setting up tonight's interview. I know. Exactly while that show's on, so I missed it. So, so fill me in. Fill me Trog. In. Trog. Did Trog. Did last year at MGC, Mike? It was in the Galloping mm, Ghost, the no, prototype no, in the regular I'm, version. I was playing pinball. Last time, there's pinball. I play pinball before I play video games. Yeah, but Trog out downstairs awesome. for a lot of the time. Trog is a great game. You have to play Trog. It's a four. You can play four players at the same. Oh, time. I love it already. Mm-hmm. I love it already. Yeah. So we got on this show. We got to play. We got to play Trog four player. We got to play some uh, Pac-Man two fifty six four player okay. simultaneously. Uh, who and, would and I do think that? we need to play Crystal Castles. Now that's kind of an older game, not a new right. discover game like Trog, but we need to play that co-op. And see how far we can go. I looked it up today on YouTube videos. Us here in the studio, we have we have a goal to make. Got to beat about one hundred and twenty-six thousand points on Pac-Man Two Fifty Six. Okay. For a four-player team. 
So that's the highest I found Ooh. on YouTube. Okay. Dude, that's going to be terrible. I feel sorry for you guys. Why? As a guy that's put a lot of hours in that game in the past week and a half. I'm, I'm picturing playing four-player right now, and that seems like a disaster. I would probably compare it to, like, uh, the water... Playing multiplayer Contra and getting to the waterfall level. Because you're always going to have that guy that's constantly progressing... And that guy that's hanging <laughs> back and that gets killed because the screen's going too far ahead. And now there's Could not, not agree two players, four players. Four players. Four players. Mike, is gonna, Mike and you and I. There's only so many power-ups, and that's what the whole point of the game, the strategy behind it, is you get the power-up, and then when you get to the next one, even if your power-up's still activated, you wait till it times out and so you can pick that one up because you want to constantly have a power-up because the game cheats. Flat out cheats. <laughs> I don't think it cheats. I think that's the challenge. Yeah. Uh, no, Mike, I have a Twitch clip that, that could verify that the damn game cheats. Oh, that I does remind playing. me. We, I we... was playing, and I was, like, really close to my high score. And just picture, like, playing regular Pac-Man. Mm-hmm. And let's say all the ghosts are on the bottom left hand of the screen, and you're in the upper right hand of the screen. What practically happened is... All the ghosts warped right on top of me, like all five of them. <laughs> like no high score for you. There was well, nothing I could do. They just warped right on top of me and killed me. Mike, you and I actually do have a four-player world record, right? We actually have one of those. Well, still, still yeah, we still have one. Yeah. That uh, four-player uh, bubble bobble. Bubble bobble plus. And we, yeah, along with uh, Edwin Zaharski and Jackie Bartlett. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, that's that's what we could revisit that on the show at some yeah, point. Yeah, we, we do need to get the three-player and the two-player back. Right, the three player. We, we need do. To, we've abandoned the three player record for a long time. You're you're absolutely right about that, Mike. We, and we've at one point we all we both had a, a one player. We had two player. We had three player, and we had four, four player, player together. Yeah. Right now we only have the four player. Right. I had the one. I got the one player back and forth, but <coughs> Mr. Mr. Chris Teeter. And here comes, here comes our special guest for the night, Mr. Tim Zerby. Tim, how are you? Can you hear us all right? Yeah, I'm pretty good. I hear you fine. Sounds good, man. Good to hear from you. Thanks for coming on the show. We do appreciate it. Um, let's jump right well, into it. The anniversary of that film, I try to forget about it, but every once in a while I get reminded of it, and then I get... I get upset. <laughs> it's oh, I watch it. It's pretty. It's laughable. But, you well, know, I never turn down a chance to answer any questions about it. Well, there, and it's jerks so. like me that uh, that always insist on you know bringing this back up and making you damaging. relive it. <laughs> so, wow, you feel like you feel like damaging. You feel like you're bringing up old feelings. Oh, yeah. Gosh. So, apologies uh, for that, Tim. But you are the guy to talk to when. Uh, when this subject well, I was matter is being before Steve Levy was in that whole thing. Right. And I predate him by three years, despite what the documentary filmmakers say. <laughs> so, Tim, what year was it that you wrote the Donkey Kong World Record, so everyone knows? 2000. And how long did you hold it? For? <laughs> well, Billy Mitchell initially set the record in August of 82, and that record stood. I'm not sure the field of comp. There had to be some other people that were trying for it. That record stood until 8-16-2000. It was a Tuesday or a Wednesday. I don't remember exactly what day. I remember the date. 
And it was a, a milestone at the time. I, I mean, you look at 879, 870 games now, and you're like, uh, yeah, you're, yeah, they're okay games. You know, basically introductory level. Yeah, you got some skill. You hit the kill screen. It's still a big, it's still an accomplishment. But when you're starting to compare it to uh, Wes Copeland's million two hundred, Robbie Lakeman's million two hundred, it's just uh, film has both the good side and the bad side. The bad side is even though I was directly involved in the chronology of it, they lied, cheated, said my score didn't count when I saw their scoreboard, and I wasn't <laughs> able to share in any monetary gain like the rest of it. Like the other people did, but it did bring in a wide range of talent. I, I never, I never foresaw score going over a million hundred myself. Yeah, we're still waiting for the someone to beat Steve Sanders' score of three point one million. Exactly, you know? exactly. That's, <laughs> that's I, the I, real I, goal. Corrected. Uh, there were uh, were a few people that tried that. I would have to ask him, but I think Robbie Lakeman mentioned he was able to get into the two million range. The Steve Saunders fictitious three million. Now that was actually published in a video game magazine in the early eighties. I think it was around eighty three. Hmm. It was it was published in Time magazine too. Yeah. I, I'm I'm thinking no, I had to be eighty two because Billy had actually beat him at the time life of that. I, I'm thinking I was probably just starting fourth Fourth grade at that <laughs> Fifth grade, I'm thinking fourth, when I was sixth, fifth grade, fifth grade at the time. Um, Tim, are you are you still playing? Do you still play Donkey Kong, or are you just kind of, uh, you know? After, yeah, I think the competitive nature of Donkey Kong is really, Wes and Robbie really killed it. They, well, I mean, they, I don't mean killed it and made it in a bad sense, but they put that score up there so high. That, I mean, Billy Mitchell's never going to touch it. Steve Levy's never going to touch it. And believe me, I put in a lot of hours into it in my spare time. And I don't see myself getting much more than a million hundred, thirty, thirty-ish. I had a few games on pace for that, but it's just the nature of the game. Do you, you also play Crazy Kong, too, don't you? Yes, I have... Uh, I actually had one of those back in 2000, and I think you can kind of see it in my world record video that the producers of the King of Kong movie said never existed and <laughs> was constantly disputed. I think you can see it in the background. I had a joust, too. Um, it was uh, Crazy Kong, but it said Kong Gorilla, and it had the Falcon board set. I didn't really take too much to play in that at the time. I was concentrating more on the Donkey Kong aspect. I also had a major hat at Dragon's Lair, Space Ace, Star Wars, Cocktail Head. I, I used to get those games for nothing. A lot of the vendors would have a lot of the old equipment. There was really no secondary or home base at the time for any market value. Whatever junk they were going to put out here, you take it, or I happen to be working for one of them here. There's some junk games over there. You want them? They don't work, but yeah, yeah, you know, I'll take them. They're, they're in our way. Just get them out of here. This is around mid-late 90s. That's really how the collectible market was for these things. It wasn't until around the early, mid-2000s it really started to took off and vendors started to take an inventory of what they had sitting over from the early 80s. Then we saw market value appreciate and the internet with 
instant communication with just about anybody really helped fuel that being desire. No, I yes. got to ask, uh, you're, you're obviously you're self-taught in Donkey Kong because there wasn't a whole lot of information. Back no, then. the most you could do was go into an arcade, take your quarter out, or maybe learn some tricks from some of the books that were out there, or video games, player magazine, electronics games, monthly. Uh, I think there was joystick. Whole, yeah, there was a joystick magazine, and there were a couple others I don't remember. And my grandmother would go to the grocery store on the weekend. I would go to the magazine aisle, and I would look at some of the gaming magazines. And I also remember in an 84 article, Tim McVeigh's Nibbler record, uh, that kind of sepia monotone picture he's taken of the Nibbler after he's hit a, a billion points. There was also an article for an upcoming brand new game called Space Ace. There was a few, or, a few pages before or after it. I spent more time reading that. <clears throat> but, but imagine the dismay and frustration and anger if Tim McVeigh saw a Nibbler documentary made and guess what? Even though he did it, people know he did it. There were articles written about it. Uh, the film producers decided it was constantly disputed and impossible to verify. And they went with one of the other Nibbler players for his, uh, for the for that historic gaming achievement. And I'm glad that you bring he's, that up about he's it. It's not going to want to wrap a baseball bat around somebody's head for that, especially the amount of money that changes place. Yeah, uh, I couldn't blame him. Jump in, Glenn. Um, I lost my train of thought there. <laughs> okay, you know, Tim, you kind of already answered this to some degree, <clears throat> but do you have hopes at all of retaking the title? Or at least, I know you talked about how great Wes and Robbie have, have pushed this score up and how high they've pushed it up, but do you have hopes of retaking the title or of at least upping your I personal best in an official... I really, really, really could focus and get into it. Like I said, I think I could hit a million 130, 130-ish, 120-ish around there. Um, the title, no. Uh, for one reason, it's it's just beyond my capability. I've, I have really tried a lot of these point-pressing techniques that a lot of newer guys came up with. And one fortunate thing they have for coming in after this King of Kong debacle is a lot of them had the advantage to learn what we learned by sharing the videos and strategies and stuff through the web. Absolutely. You know, we got TV cameras up everywhere, shoving them down our throats, you get on the street, there's a camera watching you. <laughs> the, the amount of information on that game shared and explored, plus all the interest drawn to it as a result of that fictional movie, is a good thing. But I don't, I don't have any hope. I, I just... I'm stuck in my ways. I'm too old school. I've tried to break out of that shell. I fall into old habits. I think about a million hundred, a million, million one thirty, mm. and I'm done. Do you enjoy? No, I, I, really, I really don't have any hope. And another reason is I have been told recently that if I were to go to Fun Spot tomorrow and somehow beat West Copeland's million two hundred eighteen game, I won't be given credit for it. Why is that? Uh, there's been a media blackout on me. 
on this whole Donkey Kong topic material from the start. And it's intentional. The makers of King of Kong and uh, Billy Mitchell and Steve Levy prefer I never played the game. Hmm. I mean, all you have to do is see the way they wrote me out of it. That's, uh, and that's... Steve are the world's... Oh, they're forgetting... Actually, they're forgetting a couple of players. Myself at the time. And there was a main player. I think his name was Benjamin Joseph Walby. That had, mm-hmm. that had topped... Just topped 900,000 around the year 2000. But it was done via main. Hmm. Hey, that's no, him. You brought this up is... uh, earlier that your, your record was disputed, but... <laughs> no, it was I know, and... Uh... Go on I to Twin Galaxy scoreboard right now. It's still there. It, mm-hmm. <laughs> 879, 200. But what they did was they took the dates off all these scores. So that way people are just looking at it. And there's no chronology at all. People just look at how high the score is rather than when it was set. Twin Galaxies now lists yeah. your score from 2000. Is that in, that 879, 200 from 2001? A, is that yes. incorrect or is that that's correct? Yeah. They, the other thing I wanted to bring up is you have the original VHS tape of your of your eight seventy nine. Yeah, Mine. I I just have like a DVD copy of that right now. The original VHS tape belongs to Ethan Daniels now. <clears throat> he seemed to be interested in a lot of the memorabilia I had, and I had that kicking around. And I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, I yeah, sure, I had the VHS, I had all the proof I needed. Uh, to really make a good case for any type of a lawsuit. And basically the movie studio said, tough, we'll beat you in court. And you broadcast that that footage once a year, don't you? I used to. I could still do it, but it, it's there's already a copy. It's already listed. I think there's a YouTube video of it, and I'm giving a kind of commentary on it. Right now, but Tim... Ethan I Dan- think, though, uh, if you if you get it, like our viewers, our new viewers would would definitely love to see that footage again. Well, it's it's up there. Go to YouTube, type in my name, and it'll come up. Uh, Eight seventy nine former world record. But as far as the actual videotape, Ethan Daniels has that. I just have a, a, a copy I, I I ripped from the VHS tape. It's hard to find a VHS VCR player now. Yeah, and the the VHS tapes are only going to last for so long, too. I mean, even when I watched your live stream, you could tell that age was was getting to the VHS tape. It looks better in person, but I warned Ethan if he does play it and try to preserve a copy, to take the cover off, clean the heads, make sure you have tracking adjustment. Because in those days when people were using VHS tape instead of DVD or streaming them, when... Say you're playing Donkey Kong. Your world record goal is 874 or 300. You score 600 some thousand. Okay. You hit rewind on the VCR. And you know how the heads go. Yep. Funk right at the beginning. And each time you do that, the tape will stretch at the beginning. And it'll cause a little bit of interference and static. You might have to clear up with something with a uh, tracking button. Mine had that from the start. But it was still clear. You could still read it. There was no trace of any break of continuity. So, Tim, uh, 
your other love besides Donkey Kong seems to be with uh, Dragon's Lair and Space Ace type games. <clears throat> those two, yes. Uh, there aren't many people that know those games the way I do. And I can also go on record right now, and I can say that the Dragon's Lair world record listed on the Twin Galaxies <coughs> official scoreboard of 558,000 is absolute bullshit. Mathematically impossible. We actually watched uh, some footage of you with a, you had a chart. It was mapped yes. out level by level. You had yes. all 38 rooms, and you had everything mapped out. If if the game was going to give you the best possible scenario where they were going to take out the low-scoring rooms and swap it with the wild-card rooms, which you called in the video. And I thought that that was incredible. You broke everything down point by point. It's kind of hard to understand. It's like you know, like trigonometry or something. If you're really not familiar with it, it uh, on that particular one, I kind of made an oopsie. I had a typo where I had a score range for a board that shouldn't be there. It was something I did quick for Rudy Ferretti. He wanted me to explain it. I had done another one for somebody else and mailed it to him. This time, I checked it three times airtight. The yeah, it, it, you're not going to get anywhere near five hundred fifty-eight thousand. You'll break 500, you're not going to break 520, I, I'll guarantee that. Five, 510, 515, I don't remember the exact one. I don't have the score chart off my hand. But, yeah, 558 is a mathematical impossibility on the Arcade Dragon's Lair Cinematronics version released here. What they had overseas in Europe, that was totally different hardware. I never played one. I don't know how it scores, but for for the Cinematronics version, 558, I, I I will I will guarantee you this: nobody in North America has ever set 558,000 on a five-man factory game of Dragon's Lair. Nobody, because it is a mathematical impossibility. Even when you play it on the hard level, which you really need to, those wild card boards that are some are worth more, some are worth less, but when they kind of dovetail into the structured pattern that the game gives, and even under the best circumstances, say you have the reverse dagger pool spider take the place of the wild card dagger pool spider take the place of the filling wall board, which is like four to twenty-eight points, and then you have like another high-scoring board like uh, uh, I don't know the knight on the checkerboard. No, no, that's not a reverse. What's a reverse? Uh, God, I'm losing my train of thought. And it sounds so <laughs> that, that, that's right, Tim. And, and that video is, that's like a 14-minute video I think you have where you, you lay that out point for point, in essence. I, I, I just don't know how else to explain it except write a Dick and Jane book, illustrate it, and get a little <laughs> yeah. bounce ball of words. No, I, you, I don't you certainly lay it out. Book. You certainly lay it out in your... Uh... Do this, and I'm going to announce it right now. Um, I will put a $2,000 bounty on anybody that hits over, but I can't remember. The, the number we just had on the screen. No, right. no, that one was actually wrong because I, I had a, I had a wrong score value in place of something else. I, I redid it over the summer. Would you say like five? Anybody five, that get over five fifteen? I'll put five. Five fifteen. Bounty set. And when the game when the game is played. Without breaking continuity, you have to do the ROM checksum test on it. 
So it powers this is them off. You turn it on, you wait for the first beep. Right after the second beep, I forget which dip switch it is you activate. And after that, the game goes through a self-test, and it'll go through the ROM checksum test. And if there's any funny business with the ROMs, you know, one of the hackers says, ooh, I see the scene order. I can just sit here, you know, and program the binary code here in half near main, and I can, you know, just bring up all these scenes and make it look like it was something spontaneous. Well, good, try it. You just won't pass the round check some test when you yeah. when you go to finalize it. Yo, Tim, you know, that... my question on that is, obviously, after watching your video and you breaking it down, I know now that the score is bogus and everything. Is there any possible way that person could have gotten that score? Like, even if they did try and cheat? Um, or could it be an honest mistake? Or is it, yeah, or could it could it be like, they, is there any possible way that they cheated to get that, or did they just completely make it up? I think, I think the referee took, personally, I think the referee took uh, 458 and put 558. You know, a bookkeeping error is all. Okay. It's a bit more in the 458. Okay. I played that game. I'm wondering the same thing myself, actually. Just, um, uh, I'm trying to be realistic and not use too much hyperbole. But I owned that game for almost for over 23 years. And I played it just about every day, at least once a day, for 23 years. And my best is for 495, 850, 659. Never broke 500K on it. Can you have more than five lives on that game, or is five lives the max? You have unlimited, but at that point, you don't even have to play. They give you 49 points for every, every board that starts. The computer does that automatically. You just sit there and have the game, game it's not even play. Just watch 49. And then 49, and then 49 added the score. <laughs> I've done that. Just not playing it, just have the game just lose a life, regenerate on the next one. 49 points added. You get to the first fall level, the first level falling nine platform, and it just stays there. The game won't progress any further until it's cleared. But you'll still get 49 points. Hmm. You don't even. Would it be. Your, would it your, be uh, your video on that. that uh, the person used like the infinite lives kind of to push that score up that high? Uh, infinite lives, I could probably marathon that game if I could <laughs> if I could stay awake as long as George Lutz did for the Hubert, yeah, I could marathon that game. It's, it's very simple. It's point and click, but when you're playing it on the very hard settings where you have like a I mean, just, I mean, just the, That's the, my thing, is maybe it's plausible that they use like uh more lives than just five, and that's how we got that score. I'm thinking there might have been something wrong with one of the chips that controls the LED display output. Maybe it was displaying a five integer in the hundred thousands when it should have been a four. That sounds plausible. Uh, another reason I heard of is disk skipping, and for something like Dragon's Lair, that's not possible. Because there is there is no information on that Dragon Slayer disc that is read by the computer of the player. None. It is strictly video output. Hmm. Now something like Mach three that has uh, a targeting ROM data on it to, to correctly place all the targets in order where the flight path is. So if you have any problems with the disc or 
maybe your player isn't working that good. Maybe you just kind of sit there and funk the back of the game for the, the player and you cause an error in the disc. It might put a target where it should off. You might get extra points. So I, can, I can see where that would be plausible there, but not on Dragon Slayer. Dragon Slayer is strictly video output only. You can sit there, you can kick, you can, I mean, you can bump and tap and whack that player all you want, and you're not going to improve your score. What you will do is you're going to take, uh, you're going to throw it, throw it out of frame, and while the computer thinks it's playing a certain frame number, you're going to be uh, a few hundred thousand frames ahead, and the computer is still going to be playing the sequence of moves according to its own internal frame number, regardless of what's being output at the player. Just skipping, skipping the player is going to do nothing. Okay. Yeah. Tim, you know, Tim, uh, getting back to King of Kong a little bit, I we we could do a whole uh, we could do a whole segment with you on uh, on Dragons later too. Is it's it's just as interesting, but some of the things that people have been wondering about the behind the scenes aspect to you, I, I don't really think there's too many people out there that don't believe your score. You know, I mean, I think I think that's legit. It's on the it's on the web page. Never really hasn't been eight seventy nine two hundred. Were you, I guess a question I have is, were you ever approached by the makers of King of Kong before the movie came out, no. before the movie was started to being filmed? I mean, were, were you no. approached by them at all? No. No, I had absolutely, there was no film, uh, uh, no, I had absolutely no idea there was any film interest in this subject material at all. Uh, I found out later the reason why they, they made up any any excuse. A score constantly disputed, impossible to verify. I mean, well, that was a lie. We tried to track them down. We couldn't find them. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, the day I think it was to the day that film opened in theaters, August seventeenth, two thousand seven. I get a call. It's Walter Day. I'm I'm getting some equipment ready, and I don't remember too verbatim how it went, but he's, well, what do you think of the the, uh, the movie, The King of Kong? And he, he brings up, well, it was a movie, and it's about this, and I'm thinking, wow, wow, they, they made a film about it. And I'm thinking, well, wait a minute, no, I <laughs> came in in 2000, I, I beat Billy's score. And at first he's like, well, you know, say some nice things about Billy, you know, he was saying, and I'm thinking about, well, this film is in theaters now, it's complete. I fit into the timeline. I, I I had the record, and I don't get included. And I know damn well they made money off it. But I didn't know how much. I know how much money they made off it. At, at that time, I did. <clears throat> and I was made out to be a total liar by the film crew, uh, constantly disputed, impossible to verify. But anyway, and then Billy Mitchell says to me, "Well, you know, I I have beat your score at eight seventy nine two hundred." I'm thinking. Geez, when was that? And it was like in 2004 or something. And he said he had it was 9.33 something. I, I don't always remember the last few digits. Thinking, well, wow, I, I never heard of that. But I, I was totally caught off guard. Had no idea there was any film interest until after the thing was in the theaters. And then they contacted me. You know, I'm sure they cashed it up. We got our money. Sure, good. Correct me if I'm wrong, but your your name is in the movie for a second, is it not? 
Am, am oh, I yeah. am yeah, I wrong yeah, about yeah. that? Your 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 name is not mentioned audibly, but it is yeah, it is displayed visually yeah. at one point yeah. in the movie. So it, you know, so it's it would be strange that they would later deny it because it almost seems as if they just seem to leave you out of the movie because they thought it was more interesting to have a two person duel for this ultimate thing. But your name is in there in one part. I didn't notice it the first time I saw it. I noticed I it, you know, several and, times. And well, it's not my name. If it was, I would have noticed it, too, if I was you, I'm sure. <laughs> but I love that, that uh, 2004 score, I don't know, Billy Mitchell probably set that in a lavatory in a rubber chicken convention or something just to, just to have something to stick in there. Whether it's legit or not, I don't know. I, You know how Billy Mitchell is. I never really – I would watch Twin Galaxies from time to time and chat with other people that were into gaming during that time period. And believe you me, it, had Billy Mitchell put the world record on anything, uh, the, the, it would have been all over the place. It, there, there would have been headlines, or there would have been a presidential State of the Union address interrupted. And, 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 I, I would have known about it if that thing was legit, that 2004 933. But when you watch the chronological order in which Steve Weeby was the first, the very first person to undertake this task to dethrone the. Uh, the guy that's held the record for 20 years, that 9.33 is never mentioned in the chronological order of events, the timeline of that film. Never. I think it's just something they slipped in there so they could have Billy in a higher spot than I was. Hmm. Um, really? I mean, I, that's how shameless these people are. I have actually, you know, I, I don't know the producers of King of Kong. Not not well. I've been in a room with them at the same time, but but that's about it. I have heard Billy Mitchell and Steve Wiebe, I must say, talk about Tim Zerby. Mm -hmm. Mention the Tim Zerby score. Um, At the last Kong off, Billy Mitchell did. You know, he was opened up the opened up the ceremony, if you will, and he mentioned a few people who he wished were there, and he said, namely, the number one person who should be here is Tim Zerby. Um, well, would you ever consider coming to a Kong off? Money because of those people, and I have just nothing but scorn and disdain for them. Would you consider coming to a Kong off at any point? Absolutely, uh, under a few conditions. Uh, one, we each put up a thousand dollars. Two, we play. Three of us head to head. The other condition is that we play. We play, play. We don't show up. Billy jerks around on a joystick. Yeah. You know, Steve Weeby brings up a 940-something kill screen, does that all weekend. No. We play for real. You start level 5 with 120,000. Uh, you start level 12 with about uh, half a million. And you need to have a million fifty by the time you're done with level 21. You need to have a million to start a level 21. Those are the conditions. Um, right now on the scoreboard... Billy is forced to play the game, and so is it Steve Weeby. And at the, end of, <clears throat> at the end of the weekend, at the end of the event, whoever has the highest score uh, at the particular score interval wins the pot. I'll do it there. Well, I'm sure it would... That sounds great. I'm sure it would, uh, defi- it would definitely bring in an audience, that's yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, to, to have you guys all playing together. That would have been the Kong off 
I mean, that's what Richie Knuckles' original Kong off was. It was to disp- d- to settle the actual dispute of the end of King of Kong. Where would they settle, but Mike? They would settle it on the arcade machines. But the this, without Tim being included, obviously, because they omitted him from the movie, would be the true battle of Richie Knuckles actually settling it on the screen for a Kong off between those three. Because that's the one thing I wasn't... I mean, of course, it was cool seeing all the new Donkey Kong players, but for sure, I I hated the fact that Billy Mitchell was on one side of the Kong off and Steve Weeby's on the other side. They right. should have been next to each other, with the long St- with Tim as well. I think that would have been that's what everybody wanted to see at the end of King of Kong. And at the time, Hank Chen was the champion. You, if you wanted to throw yeah, him right yeah, in the mix, yeah, he that's can fine play, as but well. You no know, one cared. All, all right. people cared was who was going to get the higher score. You know, Tim, right now on the <laughs> scoreboard. You're listed as your highest one. You're still listed at 30th place right now, currently, with the 879-200. Actually, if you go by the Donkey Kong forum, I'm in the top 15. Okay, I just, where, because I I know you've scored. Okay, that that was my question. So do you plan to, I mean, do you want to, are you going to keep submitting to Twin Galaxies, or are you you too (laughs) scorned? I've already been told. I've been blackballed. Like yeah. I said, I could go to Front Spot tomorrow and miraculously beat West Copeland's score, and I am not going to get the credit for it. Oh, you get the credit now, sir, because now well, the community... Well, I'll get the credit, but when the time comes to exploit the movie material, Seth Gordon wants to bring his dishonest, cheating ass back into the film. And that's what Seth Gordon is, a dishonest, intellectually dishonest person. And if he wants to come back and run that subject material... You know, where's my score going to be constantly disputed and impossible to verify? And for me, that game is too frustrating, too nerve-wracking, and too irritating to go through that much bother again, only to have an asshole like Seth Gordon and his Hollywood cronies say, you're out. Our guys Well, Tim, the thing, though, is Twin Galaxies is completely different nowadays, and... You, you're not blackballed from using the site itself, and Seth Gordon has nothing to do with Twin Galaxies. Well, unless he So you can submit any scores that you want. It, you know, who runs as long as it's done legit, it'll be verified. Mm-hmm. And as official host of the show, we can guarantee you right now that if you do submit a score... And everybody whether, agrees. Even I if mean, it's 879-300, yeah. you, it, no, it is, but, you know, whatever it is, or no, you are legit on the site... We can make that, that guarantee now, whatever's happened in the past. Galaxy's board. That 879-200 stays on the Galaxy's board. They could take the day down. They may as well just say, we're taking it down. It ain't going to be up there at all. They've done everything else. Um, one of the main questions I have, a big question I have, we, we are getting to running out of time. We're, we're working on running out of time, unfortunately. But if it weren't, if it weren't for the King of Kong, do you think that... The Donkey Kong race. It would still be a coveted game. It would still be one of the top games, one of the most coveted records out there. But if it were not for the King of Kong movie, do you think that the race would still be between you, Billy, and Steve right now? Oh, I would still be ripped out of it, and it would just be a strictly Billy-Steve thing. That's the way it was designed, planned from the start. There, Aside from the movie, nobody, uh, If Wes Copeland and Robbie Lakeman, Dean Saglio, uh, Mark Key, I'm thinking of the top ten players, I think... Uh, Jason Wade, uh, Hank Chen, Mark Keel, Ross yeah, Benzinger, Chen. Vincent LeMay, uh, McCrary, those top Dave 10 McCrary. players were around back in the late 90s, 2000, pre-King of Kong. 
and we're capable of bringing up 900,000 point games into a million. Uh, guess what? They would have gotten the same treatment I did because there was to be nobody else but Billy and Steve on that. That whole thing was a Steve. Whole thing was Billy and Steve all the way. Didn't matter what anybody else could do. Well, I mean, why else would they lie and say somebody else's score that was actually up there with theirs never counted and was unofficial? And the I, same thing would have happened to those guys. I don't question that uh, there are some some left out facts in the King of Kong mm -hmm. at all. But one thing I will say is that I have trouble, and I'm not disagreeing, but I have trouble wrapping my head around the idea that Billy Mitchell is in support of the agenda behind the King of Kong when he's portrayed well, as such a villain Kong, in the movie. I have. You know, come, uh, has anybody else killed screen the game, Billy? And then Billy's there, he's, you know, he's kind of ruffling his eyes, cognitive shuffling, you know. Come to think of it, I don't think anybody has, you know, paraphrasing. And, you know, several years earlier, I'm getting a congratulatory call for beating his record. I, it's if the first time I watched it, I broke a tough flat screen TV watch. I, I couldn't get more than halfway through it. The second time, it just irritated me and made me angry. The third time, which was recently, and I'm looking at what I have for documentation, contrary to what they say is true. I th I'm thinking, wow, you know, these guys look like a bunch of sellout tools and just plain jerks, shameless. <laughs> and, and then there's the monetary aspect of it. People want to think, well, it's just a video game score. No, it's not just a video game score. There was an awful lot of uh, national publicity, especially for Steve Levy and Billy Mitchell, not to mention the monetary gain that resulted from that film that I was directly a part of the chronological chain of events. You know how much money I made off the King of Kong? Zero. Nothing. And being one of the top contenders at the time and having the world record before Weeby did, I made a big goose egg this, out of that. And that. Not only that, but that period in my life is something I can't take and use for documentary material on myself because they already claimed, well, they didn't claim it, they stole it. I can't, I can no longer do that. Okay. Real quick question. Do you still enjoy Donkey Kong playing it, or is it ruined for you? I just playing it. it. No, no records, no record chasing. Joyless task. Now, when you're, especially when you're competing, competing with a lot of players that just have a natural uh, ability to it. It's, I find it a joyless and frustrating task. It's, I mean, it's sad to I hear. When King of Kong first came out, I, there were only three people that actually, actually came out against it. And one of them, I mean, Robert Merzak actually left during halfway through the production. Uh, I think they let Dwayne Richards go because these guys were thinking, hey, this is, you know, this isn't right. This whole thing is a setup. It's bullshit. It's really. Dwayne did his own own documentary, and Rudy Ferretti publicly spoke out against it. He said that was all crap and bullshit. You know, and, and that's another thing I've noticed. Though, uh, for as outgoing as Rudy can be, Tim, I, I'm so sorry to cut you off. We are not cutting you off because of your content. I promise you. But the show does 
come to an end. It is 10:59. We do have to wrap it up. Please, can we continue this conversation at a you know at yeah. a, you know a future show a um you know on message boards future show. Unfortunately, we do only have X amount of time. Thank you so much for your time, Tim. We really appreciate well, you the, coming the on. Band Rudy got got 15, 15 seconds. Steve Weeby and Billy Mitchell, they sat there that lied their way through, and they were welcome as heroes. I mean, how, how biased can one be? Rudy's been around. He, before King of Kong, he can tell you. He has. That is true. Yeah, he has been around. Him, yeah. He has been around been for a banned, long time. Unbanned. <laughs> unbanned. But he's a, unbanned. a heck of a player. He's, he's, he's got a lot powerful. of records. And... Uh, but that's that's all that's all the time we have for tonight, yep. everybody. Thanks so much to Mike. I'm Josh. And, uh, and one, one we we, we got to run, Tim. I'm so sorry. Filmmaker, you marketed bullshit, sold it to the public as fact, and you cheated me out of a substantial amount of money doing it. Tim Zerby, everybody. Thank you for your candor. Thank you for your honesty. This is Tim Zerby, everybody. We're settled on the screen live. Jamma pants. Thank you. Thank you, Christina.